Welcome to Building Fortunes Radio. Make sure you check us out at buildingfortunesradio.com. Along with our marketing partners, we're here to help our PM Marketing Network Lead customers build their businesses and make the world a better place. At Building Fortunes, we know how much your business means to you and the people important to you. So spread the word, tell a friend, join our newsletter, and go make a difference in your world. Now on to our show with your host, Peter Mingles. Hello, everyone. Peter Mingles here. You're listening to us on Building Fortunes Radio. It's www.buildingfortunesradio.com. For anybody that might be unfamiliar with my voice, my name is Peter Mingles. We do this radio show every Wednesday at 11 p.m. Eastern Time, whether Ray Gabauer shows up or not. And the reason why I say 11 p.m. Eastern Time is I don't know where he is. He is in a foreign land. I think he's even in another continent. And I know it's flipping around the time zones, meaning it's tomorrow around 11 o'clock a.m. his time zone sometime tomorrow. And I think he's also in a tropical environment, so it's probably warm. And I had what they call the kiss of death when it comes to um, radio show guests and messages. He gave me a message that he was going to be here on time, which is usually the kiss of death, which means he's not going to be here on time, and he's just rolling in right now. So for those people listening in, Ray, I see you there. I'm going to turn your microphone on, but give you a couple of seconds to kind of uh, catch your breath if you're running and jumping and doing whatever you might be doing for wherever you are to try to be on time over here. But we have done uh, acronyms, we're going to call them, on Building Fortunes Radio, where Ray will take a series of letters, squish them together, make them a word, and then he'll go over three separate radio shows on each letter of each word. So let me kind of give you an example. Today, we're covering the third E in the acronym ACE, A-C-E. So what that means is we've already done the first two E's. Tonight is the third one. Um, but previous to that, we've done the A's and the C's. And if you want to hear the previous ones, you go to buildingfortunesradio.com forward slash Ray and then put a dash and then Gebauer, G-E-B-A-U-E-R. So having said that, I know Ray is going to ask me what the third E might be in the word ace, and I'll tell you what it's not going to be. You can still ask me anyway. But it's not going to be the word end. <laughs> so we're going to come back. There's going to be more. So, but it will not. When, when he asks me, I'm not going to say end for the letter E. So, Regabauer, thanks for being here on your own radio show. Yeah, thank you, Peter. Happy to be here. Uh, actually, I did call in on time, and then the call dropped, and I didn't realize it right away. I thought, oh, I better call back in. <laughs> so, <laughs> but uh, That's right. anyway, sometimes that happens. But uh, as always, happy to be here, and uh, I'm going to start off with a little story to share. But, uh, um, yeah, I'll start with that. But no, let me just get a little bit of context. So this is the ninth episode on the ACE formula to have a better life. And, uh, you know, we don't use the word often, but, you know, if you think about it, who wants want to be an ACE? You want to you want an ACE life. You want to be an ACE. You want to have an ACE up your sleeve. You know, so it's... It's a nice metaphor to, to see yourself being successful. And so, um, so each episode uh, dives into a different element of that. So last week we talked about the, the value of experience. And the uh, week before that, the first E was on how to be the exception. Instead of being just an, 
um, uh, being average, you know, um, why settle for being average when you could can be the exception? And it is within reach as possible. And uh, that was a good one. They've all been really good. To get the whole story, I recommend you listen to all nine of them. So uh, let me tell you what happened to me last night to, to illustrate one of the points I'm going to make. I usually like to make three main points. But, uh, you know, it's been said that, you know, it may take years to build up to a high level of trust, you know, years. And it takes maybe like one second to destroy it, you know. And uh, so my experience wasn't quite that catastrophic, but it's sort of along that line. Uh, something happened, uh, it only took like one second, but, and it was unexpected, and so it was like an emotional setback. You know, it was a minor thing, but because of how I viewed it, it's sort of like if someone just sort of bumps you, you know, no big deal unless you're at the top of the staircase and then you tumble down the stairs and now you have damage, right? <laughs> so sometimes it's emotional damage or or at least emotional uh, turmoil or setback. So um, so I'm still I, I don't know in re- recovering from that. <laughs> um, but you know that happens to all of us. We have our setbacks. You know things happen. Life isn't fair. And one of the best statements I've ever heard and I've told myself probably thousands of times. What doesn't kill me will make me stronger. <laughs> That's from, uh, I think, Nietzsche or you know, a couple hundred years ago or so. But that's a really valuable perspective. What doesn't kill me will make me stronger. Like if, you, if you're exercising, what well, doesn't hurt you, if you don't actually, you know, try to lift too much, if you don't damage stuff, it can make you stronger. Even though it's stressful, it does damage the muscle a little bit, but then the body responds, okay, we got to, the guys can keep doing this. We've got to get stronger. So, so as a general principle, that's a really important thing, that this, a tool to use. So it doesn't kill me, it makes me stronger. And we can use that about everything that's ever happened and try to reframe things from what happened to me that just happened for me, for my benefit. It's maybe in some strange way, there's a benefit in, in everything that happens. That most people miss it because they focus on the negative. Uh, so, um, and that's what happened to me. It doesn't happen too often, but but you know it's probably happened to you a few times. So, with that sort of somewhat vague introduction, um, <laughs> Peter, what, what do you think is the word for today? The third E. I don't, you know I wasn't really sure. I was I'm here. I wasn't really sure how to go with this one. So I was I was thinking about um, evaluate. So I think that's a good way to kind of figure it out. After you're done, you kind of evaluate, and then you can kind of make the adjustment. So E is going to stand for evaluate, which I think you could probably make work, but I think would probably also be wrong. Um, yeah, that's a good good uh, suggestion. That that wasn't the one. It reminds me of one of my favorite verses, though. Uh, John 7:24 says, do not judge according to appearance, but judge according to righteous judgment. In other words, 
judging in the sense of evaluating and analyzing, discerning. So don't evaluate too quickly. Don't judge a book by its cover, but evaluate or discern with wisdom. And that's one of the biggest benefits of personal development. You become more mature, you have more wisdom, um, and you handle things better <laughs> because there's a lot of stuff we need to handle. Well, my word for today is energy. So it's a fundamental work. concept. Yeah. And I'm going to talk about energy in three respects. One is how do we lose energy? How do we get drained? That's what my story sort of illustrated. I sort of got uh, my energy got drained, right? Uh, so, so how are the many ways that we lose energy, we're drained? Uh, secondly, how do we gain energy? You know, how do we increase our energy? And third is how do we help other people have more energy? Because you know a lot of people, they just don't have the energy. They don't have the motivation. Say, well, yeah, I want to make some extra money. Well, how much time are you putting in? Well, not really. You're just too busy. So lack of motivation because you know, we're going to talk about that. But let's start with the, the negative first, uh, which reminds me of something else. You know, one doctor said, you're not really sick. You're just toxic. Because <laughs> Most much of our health issues have to do with toxins, chemicals, and emotional toxins too. So sometimes that's the best place to start. You got to clear clear the deck. You know, get rid of the poison, the toxins, which can be emotional. Uh, not that emotions are bad, but you know, most you know, when it's an overload or prolonged, it can be. So. Um, so how do you lose energy? Well, it's really easy. Like, it's like, how do you fall down? It's pretty easy to fall down, right? <laughs> um, and just like your cell phone, you know, we lose sort of energy. We've got to get recharged every night, and that's why the sleeping is so important. But um, uh, one of the primary ways that we lose energy and get drained is what I – was conveying in my story that happened to me is stress, some kind of stress. Sometimes it's just in an instant, like one second. Like somebody can take one second and give you the finger, and, you know, they didn't do anything to you, but you know what that means in that one second, you know, that could trigger something. It might trigger anger or, you know, like <laughs> whatever. So it doesn't have to be a, a big trigger. Uh, I mean, it could be a little thing, but it could still be a big trigger. And but most of the time, stress is like ongoing. It's accumulative, and uh, and I think 90% of our stress is actually unconscious. We can have a lot of stress that's hurting us, and we sort of are managing it intellectually, but it's still below the surface. It's like the iceberg. It doesn't look that big on, on the, at, when you're at the surface. But it's, you know, 10 times bigger underneath the surface, and that's the way stress is. Um, and that's actually one of the reasons I really like these super patches, because it really helps deal with the neural pathways in the brain and reduce stress and increase energy and a lot of things. It's sort of like a shortcut. <laughs> it happens instantly within seconds. But um, just today, I, relevant to this, I, I was uh, reading through a book, and the, 
part I was reading today was really relevant. It's based on the book that I read several years ago called Get Your Life Back. Really excellent book by John Eldridge. Uh, Everyday Practices for a World Gone Mad. Get Your Life Back. I like the title. Uh, this is actually the study guide, um, which I've had for a couple of years, but I just started reading it just a few days ago. Like, wow, there's some really new extra stuff in here. <laughs> and uh, this is here on what is it, page 52. And um, this is a, sort of a under-the-radar stress. It's sort of like a Trojan horse. You know, the story, we use that as a metaphor, something that looks like it's really good. Like, this is a gift from God. And it's really designed to deceive you and hurt you and destroy you. So we have a few Trojan horses in our life. I mean, just junk food itself is a Trojan horse. It seems nice, it tastes good, it's convenient, and it kills you. (laughs) A snake might look beautiful, but if it's poisonous and bites you, it could kill you, right? Well, uh, where's the quote I wanted to read here? So... So in this book, in this part of the book, he's talking about the downside of uh, technology, particularly you know, the Internet and our phones, which can be you know, a blessing. But in the end, you know, they can uh, really hurt us. So I'm starting with a quote here by uh, Nicholas Carr, who uh, he says he, he almost won the Pulitzer Prize for his book called The Shadows what the internet is doing to our brains. In it, he recounts numerous, this is shocking. I was so surprised to read this, and it's really alarming. In it, in the book, he recounts numerous conversations with very bright men and women, PhDs in their fields, who all confessed a similar phenomenon, the noticeable deterioration of their attention, their ability to, pay prolonged, prolonged attention. Even though these intellectuals live and move in the world of books and research and literature, Carl was startled to collaborate so many reports that these people can't read books anymore. <laughs> they couldn't read articles, hadn't the patience for even a long blog post. He goes on to document how the Internet is reshaping not only our ability to take on information, it is altering the structures of our brains. We don't like being asked to focus on anything for very long anymore. We've been adapted or programmed to the quick, short stimulus of the Internet and our mobile devices. I think you know the zip, zip, zip effect all this is having on your attention. Um, he goes on to say, it's not only deep thinking that requires calm, attentive mind, it's also empathy and compassion. What they're finding is, as uh, Anthony Demesio, the director of USC's Brain and Creativity Institute, explains, the higher emotions emerge from the neural processes that are inherently slow. And we like fast, right? But the higher emotions emerge from the neural pathways or processes that are inherently slow. Um, 
the writer of a cover story in New York Magazine says that we've become used to the first 21st century task of flirting among bits of online information. The wiring of the brain will inevitably change. We lose our capacity to concentrate on a complex task from beginning to end. The frenziness of technology calls it. entrenches itself everywhere. And this frenziness invades our souls. The Internet is shaping not only our ability to take in information, but altering the structure of our brain. Um, how concerning is that to you? So I thought this was really relevant. <laughs> you know, so one of the sources of energy drain, I mean, the stress that comes from running at high speed and the distractions, and which ends up altering our capacity to pay attention. And when you, you start losing the capacity to give prolonged attention, whether it's business, we see that all the time in home-based businesses. People just can't pay attention. Oh, that video is too long, you know, whole hour, 90 minutes, 30 minutes. I don't have time. You know, give me something that's five minutes. Give me something that's three minutes, you know. So I see this, you know, it's very concerning. You know, personally, you know, I'm reading books all the time. I read probably five, ten articles every day. So I haven't been sucked into this black hole as much as a lot of people um, because I'm pretty diligent. Um, but uh, it is very concerning. Now, particularly what concerned me the most was that the part where it said that they discovered that this also alters the the brain gets programmed to to just like scan over things, skim over things, you know, a little bit here, a little bit there, and just zip through and hurry up and feel overwhelmed. Uh, but the most important emotions, the higher emotions, like love, if you want to call it an emotion, love, joy, and peace, those are based on the slower processes in the brain. So it seems like this high-speed Internet distraction that stresses us is also interfering with our ability, I would say, to love, which is ultimately the highest principle, the most important thing that we all want the most anyway. We all want to feel valued and feel important, which is what love does. And the distinctions of love, the four distinctions, dimensions of love, are the four C's, the caring connecting, committing, and creating value. So when we get sucked into this um, black hole of distractions and with the Internet, even though it can serve us really well, it starts to change our brain. It, it diminishes our capacity to be caring, to have compassion and empathy. It diminishes uh, our ability to connect more deeply with people, especially now we don't even have time. You see people out at dinner or lunch at a restaurant and the, and the two people are looking at their phones. Where's the connection? Where's the camera? There's no love there. <laughs> like, like we, we dehumanize people or depersonalize them. You know, where's the commitment? You know, commitment to, to help others and to make a difference. Well, we're too busy for that. That takes too much time. I remember Rick Warren in his book, uh, Purpose Driven Life, chapter 16, I remember this. He said, here's how you spell love. T-I-M-E. It takes time. But if we're overwhelmed and, and, and we can't really blame the technology because we embrace it and 
it, it, it's hurting us, altering our brain, and uh, evidently diminishing our capacity to more fully love and be more fully alive. Of course, creating value, that's the fourth element. You know, when you spend too much time on the Internet or social media can be a, a real, very harmful, too much, too much of a thing like, like sugar. You know, sugar contributes to heart disease and cancer and diabetes, and, but sugar isn't bad. It's too much sugar. It's sugar overload. Stress isn't bad. Stress is actually good for us. It's the stress overload that weakens us and weakens our immune system and that ends up killing us. The, the ultimate cause of all disease and death is really stress overload. So the Internet, even though it can give us and this technology, the smartphones and all this stuff, even though it has its advantages, it's, it's in some ways it's like a Trojan horse. Now, we don't have to throw the baby out with the bathwater, but we need to be more aware so we're not hurting ourselves uh, with this technology um, because it's sort of uh, changing our brain. Okay, so that's, uh, that's enough. Oh, I have so much more to say. Maybe I should make this two parts here. <laughs> Um, well, at least uh, I'll briefly mention it. the other major source. Well, it is. So you got to remember, it is your it is your radio show, so you could make it as many. If we want a bonus section on the e, the ending e, we can certainly do it. And next week too. Yeah, I was just thinking maybe I'll, I'll do that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Let's let's go there. Since you sort of gave me permission, you know. <laughs> but. Uh, Okay, so the other really critical element or, or pathway downhill here with losing energy or not having energy is a, a lack of purpose, a lack of compelling goals, or you have 10 goals. You know, I, I've done that. I've written down my top 10 goals. Um, my, my top 10 priorities, and um, Dr. Benjamin Hardy likes to quote, I forget who it is, but he says, if you have more than three three priorities, you don't have any priorities. <laughs> it's like you get spread too thin. And so uh, you need to have the most three major goals. But m bigger than that, you've got to have a clear purpose. Most people, it's like they're just sort of wandering around. They don't have a a clear purpose, you know, maybe something in general. For most people, the purpose is to is more the survival mentality, sort of making it through the day, making it to Friday. Hey, thank God it's Friday. You know, like, so what kind of attitude is that? Like, like, oh, I survived. So that means you're under a lot of stress and you can't wait to the end of the week. You know, I can't wait till I retire. I hate this job or whatever. So. But what makes you fully alive, and what uh, Dr. Uh, uh, what's his name, Frankel, uh, Victor Frankel, wrote in his book, uh, Man's Search for Meaning, based on his experience in the Nazi uh, concentration camp. Uh, it's a very famous book. I remember I read that when I was a teenager, <laughs> and I've reread it since then. And a lot of research has been done on this, that one of the most important factors for meaning in life and to feel fully alive and be energized is to have a clear purpose. 
people that survived the concentration camp were the ones that had a clear, strong purpose. By strong, I mean they felt strong about it. So uh, it's the emotions that they give us energy. So if you, if you just are just sort of going through life and say, well, we'll see what happens, and, you know, I'm sure it'll be fine, or it'll probably you know, be pretty much the same, or, you know, everything's going downhill, um, you're just like adrift in, in the ocean in a boat without a rudder, without a sail. <laughs> and unfortunately, that's the way it is for most people. So, and we're, God designed us to have purpose. That's why that book, The Purpose Driven Life, sold 30 million copies. Even though it was a very, very religious, very Christian book, you know, it still it sold 30 million copies. I, I didn't agree with everything in the book, but I read it five times because, maybe six times, because he says it so well. And uh, I don't agree with everything I read, but there's so many gold nuggets in that book. But the main thing is we've got to have clear purpose that you feel strongly about. It isn't just like, oh, you figured it out and you wrote it down and it makes sense. Uh, just because you've intellectualized it, you know, that's like the booby price. You know, so what? You know, it doesn't, it's just an idea. But you have to become passionate about your purpose, whatever your purpose is. So like for me, my most passionate purpose at this stage in my life you know, here I'm uh, 2.2 billion seconds old, age 72, <laughs> is, is to help, I hesitate to say because it sounds so outrageous, but, I'm, but my goal, my dream, like, you know, I have a dream, <laughs> is to help 1 billion people understand and embrace the four dimensions of love. That's my biggest purpose. That's what I feel would give me the greatest sense of significance and a legacy. If I could, as my gift to the world, help people realize that love isn't just a feeling, even though that's what you'll get if you ask Google or go to any dictionary, say love is an affection, it's a feeling. You know, that's not love at all. Feelings come out of love. But uh, the answer to every problem that you have Every world problem is really found in those four distinctions of love. So that's my purpose, to help as many people, you know, upgrade their thinking from this low, this bad definition of love. Like you say, well, I love ice cream, I love pizza, I love my car, I love my dog. You know, that's not love. You like it. You know, people say, oh, I can learn to love myself. No, you don't. You already love yourself as much as, you need to. You can't love yourself more or less. The problem is maybe you don't like yourself, but people confuse what love and like means. You know. So, but for you, your purpose might be different. Maybe you want to join me. I want to start a movement here <laughs> about what the four dimensions of diamond love is. But you've got to have your compelling, clear purpose in life, and that will energize you more than anything else. Is that that's the, the greatest source of internal energy. So um, uh, maybe I'll wrap it up with that. Um, oh, just yeah, just to complete this this part on how to increase energy. 
Well, there are a couple other things. One is you got to live a healthy lifestyle. You got to eat decent food, you know, healthy food. You know, like you want to put premium food in your body, not junk food. Otherwise, physically, you won't have energy. You know, so that's like a given. It should be automatic. But most people do not live a healthy lifestyle. And that's always going to be a perpetual drain on your energy. Okay, well, enough said on that. Okay, so, uh, so we covered two of the three points, what, how you lose energy and how to increase energy, particularly with purpose and utilizing the four dimensions of love. The more that you are caring and connecting and committing and creating value, you're going to feel better. Life's going to work better. People are going to like you and love you more uh, when you are a lover of God and other people in those four distinctions, loving with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. So um, uh, that's it for today. Uh, Peter, any uh, comments or questions? Nope, all great stuff. I'm glad we're going to be able to finish this up and do a, a next one on the uh, 30, so we'll do that next week. But for those people that want to get in touch with you, uh, we know that if they go back and they want to listen to previous radio shows, they can go to buildingfortuneradio.com forward slash Ray Dash Gabauer. So a lot of people know it's buildingfortunesradio.com forward slash Ray Dash Gabauer. And then how would they get in touch with you, Ray? Uh, real easy, just call my phone number, 360-583-2227. 360-583-2227. Call, any, call or text anytime. Thank you. Excellent. We'll see everybody next week. Thanks, everyone. You've been listening to Building Fortunes Radio on buildingfortunesradio.com. Thanks for listening. Be sure to check us out every Friday at 5 p.m. Eastern Time for the designated Building Fortunes Radio segment with Peter Mingle. Be sure to check out the buildingfortunesradio.com website for our featured segments. It's been our privilege to have you listen in. At Building Fortunes Radio, we wish you the success you deserve and are willing to work for. So spread the word, tell a friend, join our newsletter, and go make a difference in your world.